This is Speaking Freely with the ACLU of Pennsylvania. I'm Andy Hoover, your host and director of communications at the ACLU of PA. Election day just passed, and in this episode, we are talking about voting rights and election reform. Last week, the General Assembly passed and Governor Tom Wolf signed the most sweeping reforms to Pennsylvania election law in decades, maybe since the election code was formed in the 1930s. It was a bill that the ACLU of Pennsylvania supported, along with a coalition of organizations called Keystone Votes. One of our partners in Keystone Votes is Common Cause PA. And after the bill was signed, I sat down with Micah Sims, Executive Director of Common Cause PA. In this conversation, Micah talks about why Common Cause supported the bill, what voters can expect with these new reforms, and the other issues that are on Common Cause's agenda. But first, we're going to hear from Governor Wolf. The ACLU of PA was pleased to join the governor, House Majority Leader Brian Cutler, and Senator Lisa Boscola at the signing ceremony for the bill, where the governor offered his perspective on the new law. So let's hear from Governor Wolf, and then you'll hear my conversation with Micah Sims from Common Cause PA. Governor Wolf's comments were recorded on October 31st, and the conversation with Micah was recorded on November 1st. As you know, America was founded uh, by the people and for the people. But for too long, Pennsylvania has made it too hard for citizens to actually fully participate in our democracy. Today, I'm going to sign a bill making the most significant changes to our election code since it was written, that election code, more than 80 years ago. These changes will make it easier for people to vote, to participate in our democracy, actually to take care of the most fundamental responsibility of citizenship, voting. It's going to help to ensure that every Pennsylvanian, Pennsylvanians who work long hours, Pennsylvanians who care for children, Pennsylvanians who frequently travel, Pennsylvanians who are sick, Pennsylvanians who are juggling many commitments in their community. Every single Pennsylvanian who can vote is going to have access to our polls. Right now, Pennsylvania is in the middle of the pack for voter turnout. We have a turnout rate of eligible voters of about 51%. That was as of 2018, in the 2018 election. The legislation I'm signing today makes changes that align with the election code in states with the highest voter turnout, not where we are. There are changes in four major areas. First, we're reducing the deadline to register to vote from 30 days to 15 days before an election. Cutting the deadline in half will encourage more Pennsylvanians to vote. Second, Pennsylvanians will now be allowed to vote by mail. And unlike absentee voting, a voter does not need to provide an excuse to have this option. This is no excuse absentee voting. It shouldn't matter why you can't get to the polls. I only care, and I think all of us only care that you can get to the polls, that you have the chance to cast your ballot. Pennsylvanians can now join a permanent mailing list to automatically receive an application by mail for a mail-in ballot or absentee ballot each and every year. And they will be able to request their mail-in ballot during the longest period of time in the nation, 50 days. There is no other state that long a time. Third, more absentee voters will have their vote counted because they will now have up until 8 p.m. on election day or the time, that's from the time the polls close in Pennsylvania, to submit their absentee ballot. 
This deadline will also apply for mail-in ballots. Prior to this legislation, Pennsylvania had the most restrictive absentee ballot deadline in the nation. Ballots had to be received by the county by 5 p.m. on the Friday before the Tuesday election. That meant absentee voters were missing four days' worth of information gathering that in-person voters had. And it resulted in thousands of ballots being ineligible each election because voters missed the deadline. Last month, I made an absentee ballot applications available online, and that is also now a permanent part of this law, of our law, thanks to this bill. Finally, the bill I'm signing today will make the most critical fixes to ensure that we have safe, secure, and smooth elections. And that includes a $90 million bond to help, $90 million bond effort to help counties fund new and secure voting systems. Most of the counties have already done this. This $90 million will go to counties all across Pennsylvania. This bill also has the prohibition of write-in candidate stickers, which have jammed voting machines causing delays at voting booths, and the processing of absentee and mail-in ballots at a central location in each county. This bill will make major headways to ensure that every Pennsylvanian will have his or her voice heard in the election process. It will help Pennsylvanians elect officials at all levels that match the makeup of their community by guaranteeing every citizen the same opportunity to submit their vote. I am proud of this bill because it represents a true bipartisan compromise that advances the interests of every Pennsylvanian. This law has the potential to improve the fairness of our elections for decades to come. It allows more Pennsylvanians to participate in creating our shared future and it eases the work of the thousands of volunteers at polling locations all across our state who make our democracy possible. Well, Micah, thanks for taking the time to talk. It has been, should I say, a historic moment in Pennsylvania, sweeping election reform and common cause in the ACLU of Pennsylvania. Our partners in a coalition, Keystone Votes, um, both organizations came out in support of this bill that just passed and was signed by the governor. There's a lot in it. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. in this bill and this new law. Um, let's start with how Common Cause came to the conclusion that you decided you would support the bill. Um, first of all, let me say thank you for, uh, for doing this and your continued outreach, not only to members of ACLU, but to really people in general to learn about the issues and the impact uh, policies have on everyday lives here um, in Pennsylvania. Our engagement really in this bill really centered around the fact that we knew we needed to have safe, secure, and fair elections, which is really a, a mantra, if you will, for common cause, not only here in Pennsylvania, but nationally. And at the real core of this bill from the springtime was the $90 million for the voting machines. Right. It is from there that this kind of blossomed uh, and emerged into something bigger, almost to what people have now called it an election reform package. And when you're beginning to add in the, the various um, reforms, um, changes within the election code, um, appropriation funding um, that ultimately happened, we, we, we found ourselves with a plus and not a minus. And so our, our support, our, our initial move was to make sure that we got the funding. Um, the governor wanted to make sure that we had machines that were able to produce a paper trail 
which is something we knew had to happen in Pennsylvania prior to 2020, regardless of any lawsuit. I think everyone always wants to reference the Joe Stein lawsuit that may have triggered um, this this kind of mandate from the governor to do this. But I think it wasn't just that. I think it was the fact that our elections have to be secure. We've got to find a way to always be able to make sure that what we declare as the winner, we can go back and literally by hand do that. And it's interesting we have come full circle in this country because we're now going back to paper ballots. Right. And actually, before you move on to the other provisions, I do want to pause there for a moment because this was interesting. I'm going to pull back the curtain here to give folks a look at what goes on with those of us who are in advocacy. Sure. We have been walking this line where we don't want folks to feel like the vote is not secure. Right. Um, because there's no evidence of any kind of mass problem with security in the voting. At the same time, the paper trail is important because of what you just said. Yeah. It shows people, not only the voter themselves, but also the poll workers, this is how the machine recorded the vote. Yeah, the DREs gave you a tabulation. Um, we were, you say what DREs DR, um, were the machines that were, pre- that were predominantly used in Pennsylvania voting machines, and they would produce at the end of the day a tabulation. Uh, number of voters who came in and the number of votes per um, individual that was listed on the ballot. Now, that's a tabulation. Um, The new um, provision, the new machines now have to have an individual ballot per voter. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, that um, is something that, again, provides us the security, the fairness and the accuracy that we really need in elections. And again, I think you're you're right on point, Andy. We're not saying that any election prior to this was hacked, fraud, etc. What we are saying is that Pennsylvania was trying to take a proactive approach to having secure and fair elections and which is why we applauded, you know, Governor Wolf when he made the mandate, but we then knew we had to do the work to make sure that the money followed along because we couldn't put that burden on our counties. Therefore, if you put the burden on the counties um, to purchase the machines, it then falls on the taxpayers. And we never wanted to feel like voting, which is a core element of our democracy, should cost people taxpayers their money. That should be something that the government um, within the framework of our democracy and republic ought to be willing to provide the resources for so that we can do that. And that was the initiative that got this rolling. But then the governor and leaders in the legislature decided to make it a full package. Right. Um, let's start. For us, it seems like a lot of this, the nexus for, for the um, expansion to access to the ballot is around mail-in voting and absentee voting, which yeah. kind of are the same thing, um, sort of. But Tomato, tomato <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania has... Well, had I guess now that this is law, uh, had pretty strict uh, regulations and law on uh, absentee voting. They did. You had to have a very specific reason, had to relate to work or a religious holiday, um, or illness or disability, and that was basically it. And you sign an affidavit under right. penalty of law that this is the reason why you're voting absentee. Yeah. Now we have uh, much greater access to vote by mail. Yeah. I think the it's interesting, um, you know, the, the, the language in absentee ballots versus uh, vote by mail. And I think that, that got into why, I think the question is why, why it's the same, to your point. Um, what ended up happening in negotiations was a creation of a, of a class called vote by mail, giving people the option to say, for now on or for this current period in time, I would like to receive my ballots by mail. 
Um, no offense to poll workers or to the election judges who we get to see, who we've all gotten accustomed to see during every election, but the ability to have the freedom and the time um, to do my own background check on um, candidates, um, to, to, to not feel rushed. Um, you know, we, we still are in a mindset within this Commonwealth that there's only one day we do voting <laughs> on Tuesday, you know, early voting. And we'll talk about oh, that'll come down the line. But but to think we're so narrow in scope on how we want to demonstrate for me what is the greatest essence of democracy, which is voting. And so I think addressing the absentee ballot situation was fine. But I think the creation of the class of vote by mail is epic. I think it will literally bring in so many new voters, um, people who were probably registered already, but never because of personal life, um, picking up kids, having to go to work, dealing with aging parents, um, doctor's appointments, what, what have you, just literally forgot and were unable to go vote. But now vote by mail, I can get my ballot 50 days before election day. Yeah. I've got 50 days to fill it out and get it back in, that's a wonderful piece. And again, as, as I stated um, during the signing, we don't want, we don't want people to, to, to have all of this hard work that ACLU has, has done and PA Voice and, and, and Common Cause and the League of Women Voters have done to push this package forward with legislators and not utilize it. We are hoping that it will move the it will move the needle up from 51, 52 percent turnout. We ought to jump to the top to 73, 75, 80 percent turnout um, because of these type type of reforms. And this means then that folks can vote by mail without they there's no, they don't think of a reason. They nope. just vote by mail. Now, yep. you, you did say from now on, I want to vote by mail. Can you explain what you mean by that? Um, there you have to um, go into a category uh, of voting by mail. Um, the voter will have an opportunity to choose to be on a vote by mail um list and if that's your distinction designation that's how you vote the option of saying well i may vote by mail but if not then i'll go and show up no nope, you've got to actually take get the ballot vote by mail um that option of doing either or is not available I, you know some people push back on it i i go in reality people who want to vote by mail know they want to vote by mail yeah um and so again offering opportunity for greater um access um, the ease and comfort to do it um, at your leisure, um, I think, provides an incredible opportunity for so many more people to get engaged. Right. And that means then that they don't have to apply like like the previous rules around absentee ballots. You don't yeah. have to apply every election, yep. you know, twice a year. You had to it will in. it will automatically come um, every 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 May, whatever in and on presidential years um, in April and in the first, you know, and by and for November. So 50 days out, you'll start seeing, you know, those ballots show up in your mail. And again, I think that's a positive. We've seen the incredible um, way that vote by mail has gone in other states, particularly Colorado. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a, a welcome addition here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So as you know, there was some controversy around the bill. Always, um, there's always controversy. No bill is perfect. <laughs> I try to tell everybody, no bill is perfect. Right, I mean, right, exactly. Well, you know, you, you work with the legislature you have, and there were folks in the legislature who wanted a provision to eliminate the ability, the option to vote straight party, meaning you hit one button and you uh, you vote for all the candidates sure. from that party. 
Um, you made some comments in the Philadelphia Inquirer. The ACLU of Pennsylvania has been out public, out in public, saying why we decided that was not a reason to oppose or drop our support for the bill. How did you reach that conclusion that straight party voting was not a reason to drop support for the bill? I think it, it was probably best um, stated um, by Common Cause in general. I, I'll probably give the credit to Alexa Grant, who is our program advocate. Um, the sum of the bill. Yeah. Was, was was greater than the, the individual parts. Um, we understand the concern around straight party voting. It was the elimination of it. It was brought up in the spring. Um, we took a stance of it's a, it's it's we could take it or leave it. What we wanted to do and to make sure that we were giving the voter the opportunity to become the valuable um, asset and the winner in whatever we were doing with this reform package. And so um, we had conversations, honestly, to be transparent about, hey, maybe we ought to move this reform to 2021 so that this is something that doesn't jam up or confuse um, folk during the 2020 election. Um, there were conversations. Um, there was even talk and it actually had, did happen with the law that there will be um, funding utilized to make sure that everyone is aware in the Commonwealth that the straight party option is no longer available. And that was kind of a compromise, if you will, to a certain degree. But we took a stance of, yes, we realize we have gotten accustomed to something in Pennsylvania. However, when you look at the totality of what's happening in America, we are we at that point were only one of eight states who were doing it. Yeah. And um, why are we holding on to maybe something that is, I don't want to necessarily call it archaic, but something that really we could eliminate, but people still could express their desire to vote a straight Democratic or, or Republican ticket. All they have to do now is instead of pressing one button, is push a few more buttons. And, um, you know, and as my mother said, why is it that people think that I can't push more than one button on election day? Okay, so instead of it taking three seconds, it may take me 30 seconds. But, <laughs> right. but let's not be insulting to the fact that people can't push extra buttons. Um, and I think this is a good thing because I think this provides campaigns, candidates an opportunity to do what we think ought to happen during every election, that you ought to engage the voter. You ought to learn your voters, hear from your voters, and again, makes everybody valuable. Um, and and it, I think it's a win uh, for the entire Commonwealth and particularly a win for, for voters. So you may have answered this because we've talked about the fact that straight, the straight party voting option will be going away. We've talked about the mail-in option that folks will have. Is there anything else that folks should know heading into the 2020 elections, including the primary, which is in April? Um, are there are there things that about this bill, this new law that voters should know as they start to as we head into 2020? I think a big bonus out of this bill um, was when we were able to move the voter registration deadline. Oh, right. Moving it from 30 days to 15 um, is a is, is wonderful. I mean, it really gets us um, and by us, I mean the uh, common cause closer to where we think it ought to be, which ought to be same day registration. And so we, you, we literally cut, we were able to cut it in half and that's great. And so now as a, a citizen of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you can up to 15 days before the election now register the vote. 
we do believe that the capacity for our counties to do this work is there. Um, we are confident in the Department of State. Uh, we're confident in the work of our election administrators that this will be something positive and will, again, move us closer to same-day registration, um, which we believe is something that ought to happen throughout um, Pennsylvania and really throughout the country. People ought to have the ability to engage in what, again, I said earlier, is the core of our democracy, which is voting. Life has a way of throwing you some interesting curveballs. And we all um, can talk about the things that we didn't see that was going to happen. Um, but we should be able to have the opportunity to, to exercise the most precious part of our democracy, which is voting. And same day registration would get us there. It's another way to help get us there. But Pennsylvania moving from 30 to 15 days is a wonderful plus. And, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing the reaction from voters um, and, and citizens now uh, with that option available. And I should mention, too, uh, speaking of deadlines, another piece of the bill is the change in the deadline for the county to receive your mail-in ballot. Uh, Pennsylvania had the earliest deadline in the country, 5 p.m. on the Friday before the election. Right. Um, the, the deadline for the application for the absentee ballot is Tuesday before the election. So you had to get your you could get your application in until Tuesday at 5 p.m., that ballot had to come back to you, and you had to, had to have it back to the, your county by 5 p.m. Friday. Friday yep. The new deadline now is 8 p.m. on Election Day Correct. with a postmark of Friday. Correct. Um, and you, or you could hand deliver it. You can hand deliver it. If you don't get it in the mail on Friday, you can sure. hand deliver it um, before by Election sure. Day by 8 p.m. Um, and that's a big deal. You, know, you were talking earlier about why people might vote by mail. Uh, one of our we have uh, folks may know we have a lawsuit uh, on the absentee ballot deadline. Uh, one of our clients is an emergency medical tech um, from week to week. He doesn't know his schedule. He could work 12 hours uh, on Election Day. Yeah. And so to have that option and to have a, an extended deadline is going to be a boon for people in that kind of situation. Let me mention something about the lawsuit. And again, I commend ACLU. Um, when they brought this before not only just Common Cause, but a, a number of groups about the concern about the absentee ballot deadline and wanting to move forward, um, we wholeheartedly supported it. Let me share that that lawsuit was very pivotal in this election reform package happening. We all realize the wear and tear that litigation can 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 do for um, organizations like ACLU, but also for the Commonwealth itself and the cost factor that is involved in it. And to hear leadership um, talk about the fact that is there a way we can remedy this without going to court, without tying ourselves up in a bunch of litigation was refreshing to hear them say that. And again, the ACLU stepping forward and saying we need to make this claim really help bolster um, the ability to have this election reform package done. I don't want that ever to, to be uh, underestimated by your listeners and your supporters of ACLU. It was critical and important, and I was there firsthand. So this is not hearsay. This is this is personal testimony. I know the role that 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 lawsuit played in, in this um and this package of bills. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I want to give a, a shout out to our nine clients, uh, as well as the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights and the Public Interest yep. Law Center, which are also involved in that lawsuit. Um, you mentioned same-day registration or election day registration, meaning you could register to vote on election day. Um, some folks have said, including both Common Cause and the ACLU, that this is not this bill, this new law is not the end oh, yeah. of, of election yeah. reform yeah. in Pennsylvania. 
how, how much further do we have to go? What else is Common Cause interested in, in regarding election reform? Obviously, same day registration. Uh, if we, we, I would hope we would go automatic voter registration so that we don't even have to worry about same-day voter registration. Um, I think people ought to have the ability to make a decision whether they want to vote or not. But if at 18 I'm already signed up to already enlist, possibly, then you automatically should sign me up and register me to vote as well. That's just me personally. Um, So I think um, automatic same-day is important. Early voting, I would love, and we're going to press forward and hopefully see that happen in this Commonwealth. Why are we just on one day? Can we maybe about early voting the weekend before or a week before, something like that? When you look at some of the gold standards, that it would probably also include pre-registration of 16 and Mm 17-year-olds, which we uh, is something that we support. We've been on the bandwagon of pushing and working with other organizations like ACLU and others to see if we can make that happen. I would probably say those would be the biggest ones that that really stand before us right now. I think getting the vote by mail option in is huge because that would automatically be one um, that we would have um, been been pushing for even after this reform package if it didn't have it. So I think we're we're, we're really we're getting much closer, Andy, to where we need to be. But as as we as everybody said, this isn't the final step. This is the first step, and we need legislators. We need the um, governor's office. We need state. Stakeholders. We need everyday citizens to really support our efforts, um, to support our organizations as we continue to push forward for the type of voting access that we all deem is necessary to make our democracy work. I can personally attest to the desire for pre-registering uh, people who are under the age of 18. My daughter just got her driver's license, ah. <laughs> and she's not 18. But the, the concept is if somebody gets their license, uh, or I guess even if they're in school, they don't have to get their license necessarily, they can register to vote, and then their registration kicks in when they turn 18. That is correct. Um, have so it. many people are registering now through PennDOT. Yep. Because of motor voter. I, I just went through the same experience with my 17-year-old daughter. Just got her license. My 17-year-old son just got his license. Um, and so I, I, they want to vote. And I think they are um, intelligent enough and competent enough, um, probably even more than their dad, uh, to know the issues that are important to them and to be able to register them in a pre-registration manner really makes sense. I don't, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. It leaves us some work to do and that's always good. And I'm sure there are, there are always going to be new reforms that are going to come down the pike. We have to make sure that we are looking at them to make sure that they are fair and by fair to everyone. As I tell people, we just don't work for a particular party or a particular interest. When we go into having conversations about policy and legislation, we're there for 12.8 million people. Um, that's how we look at it, from the rural counties to the urban centers of Pittsburgh and Philly to the collar counties. It's, we go in thinking about everyone. And so if the reform um, particularly hurts or impacts one greater than the other, then we have some concern. And we're trying to figure out how do we navigate that path to create that level playing field where it's meaningful for everybody. And so I share that because I think that's important. We, we just we aren't here looking at it from one vantage point that the ACLU common call are organizations that really take the full length length and breadth of this state and think about the impact of the reform from every particular angle every time uh, we get together and, and, and look at policy. 
So I'm sure this has taken up a lot of your time, but I, as long as you're here, I had to ask you, what else has Common Cause Pennsylvania up to? You're, you're all known as the, the good government folks who are always sure. keeping an eye on the legislature, making sure they're doing things the right way. Yeah. What, what are your other priorities? So right now, we're, now that this package uh, of bills has been signed into law and we're excited by that, we are still looking to, to do more, as we just talked about with election reform. We need to make sure that we are kind of adjoined a to the election reform pieces, making sure that we have the ability to do risk-limiting audits of our elections, which I think are important and critical, provide a sense of trust, rebuilding trust within um, our citizens about our elections, looking at obviously redistricting, which is usually at the centerpiece of a lot of things that Common Cause does, um, but redistricting, making sure we're getting the maps out of the hands of the legislators and into the hands of the people that they represent. Um, so redistricting is there. I think gift ban is something that we're, we're we're really interested in uh, campaign finance reform, obviously. And then we work with uh, ACLU to make sure, um, going back to elections, election protection happens, that there is this nonpartisan uh, organization or entity that is there to help to make sure people feel secure when they go out to vote. So we'll continue to work down those paths. I'm sure there will be other things that we'll work on. But right now we look at how do we take the next step in the election reform? How do we make sure redistricting happens? Can we get gift ban and campaign finance reform happen. And then the big one, and I'll share this with you, this is probably the first time I've said this um, publicly. We would like to ultimately see a ballot initiative happen in the Commonwealth of mm. Pennsylvania. I think it's time to look at moving our constitution to the, and giving our citizens the ability, like other states, to gather together enough people of interest by signatures and say, this is something we as a commonwealth, we as citizens would like to see happen um, in our commonwealth. And so can we go to some sort of ballot initiative um, uh, piece here in the commonwealth so we don't have to necessarily have to fight with the uh, building diagonally across the street from our office, <laughs> but really could listen to citizens and say, this is something we think would happen. And let's see if we can go down a ballot initiative. That would be the big one. That's my big secret one that I'm finally putting out there that I would love to see happen, that we get ballot initiative um, into uh, onto the books and into our constitution. That's interesting. There's, that's probably a whole other discussion. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, right now we're dealing with a proposed constitutional amendment where one person has put a lot of money uh, into that initiative. And Prop 8 in California yeah. was infamous because of the way the Mormon Church uh, invested in that. I'd imagine knowing Common Cause, you probably have all kinds of ideas for spending limitations. We do. And, and, yeah. and, and so I think a lot of the things that I just mentioned work in tandem with one another. Mm -hmm. I think if you're really going to have a fair um, and effective uh, democracy, the campaign finance reform and the ballot initiative pieces and the redistricting all kind of work hand in hand and kind of create the checks and balances that no one person, one entity, one special interest is monopolizing um, the, the field, if you will, but that you have people and the voices of people, the concerns of people, the votes of people um, setting the agenda in this country moving forward. And so therefore, you, I think you're right on it. We've seen the issues that happen when you do ballot initiatives. And so we, we've got to be able to walk that fine balance when we do that. So how did you end up here? You're a pastor. You've had a radio career. How did you end up in doing this advocacy thing? Um, so I was running campaigns prior to this, as well as um, being an ordained minister and, you know, Common Cause found me. I found them. I guess it's a, um, a match made in heaven, I guess, to a certain degree, and found that this work would be a wonderful 
um, addition to my personal portfolio. And the reason I say that is is because Common Cause, much like ACLU, would have went to work for ACLU as well, um, is a value-led organization. Mm. Um, we lead with our values. For me, that's important. Um, to do this just for the sake of creating power instead of building power, um, for me, um, is it, critical. Um, I'm at a place in my life where everything that I do, and I share this publicly when I go um, speak at conferences and forums across the country, everything I do now when I think about policy and reform, I do it for my kids and my kids' kids because I want to make sure that they have a better democracy and a better country um, than I had. And, w and what I have had has been great. You know, as I said, had an opportunity to work on presidential elections and do a lot of things. And that's great. But I, I want to be able to put them in position and the other and their generation in a position where um, they can continue to fight for what is right, begin to make sure that we're doing right by the environment. We're doing right by um um, our seniors when it comes to respect and honor and, 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 and taking care of them, um, making sure that we're building out education that doesn't um, stymie kids with debt to, mm -hmm. the, to the point that they'll never get out of it, right. but that education is something that helps build them into a better individual, thus a better American, um, and thus a better human being. Um, so I think it was a good match. Seems to work. They see I'm still here. Um, it's been almost two years, and it's great. Don't don't look not going anywhere anytime soon. But I think the work that Common Cause does, both in state and nationally, really speaks to who I am as an individual. And we've got great people that are here. And I don't want anybody to think that it's just Micah Bob by himself. You know, Alexa Grant does an incredible job. We brought her on as program advocate. I have an incredible slew of interns that work literally almost year round. I get a crew that's usually here during the college season and then one during the summer during the summertime uh, Suzanne Almeida who is um, nationally works on the redistricting team is here situated in Harrisburg but many people know her from being the former di executive director of the League of Women Voters and so she knows the issues yeah. so it's great to have her we uh, so we've got a great team we've got a great board who just doesn't sit back and watch they get engaged all just about I think 90% of our board is set up as election um, off to do election protection. Oh, which, wow. okay. um, so they, they aren't just sitting there. They are active. They're engaged. And our membership um, really gets active and engaged. And when we ask them to, to move and to call legislators and to write emails and to do things, they are active and they do it. And, and I thank them for um, really following our leadership. And by our, I mean our team. And uh, so it's, it's a good match. No, no complaints. Love being here. They they let me bring gummy bears here and Twizzlers, <laughs> and they let me do my thing. And that 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 for me is that that's important. Very cool. Well, thanks, Micah. Thanks for taking the time. It is nice to celebrate a victory, and it's not just a victory for Common Cause and the ACLU, obviously, but yeah. for the voters of Pennsylvania. So. Yeah, voters won. I got the voters won. Voters won with that package. They re they really did. And again, I commend, and and I want people to understand this. I know we're gonna go. The importance of seeing how that building worked together. Yeah. The executive branch, the legislative branch, the advocates and stakeholders were all working together on this bill. This wasn't done in isolation. It wasn't done from any special interest, but that people 
took the time to diligently work together week after week through phone calls, meetings, emails, and we ultimately get to a place where we get a bill that is a bipartisan bill supported by so many um, is historic in its own right and I think becomes a new narrative, becomes a new way of getting reform done and meaningful things done in that building. And I look forward to continually working with them to, to push uh, the needle forward for democracy. All right. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you again to Micah Sims from Common Cause PA for the conversation. You can learn more about the organization at commoncause.org slash Pennsylvania. They're on Facebook and Twitter as well with the handle at Common Cause PA. And Micah is on Twitter at Micah Sims Show. The ACLU of Pennsylvania also published a blog post from our executive director explaining why we decided to support the election reform bill. There will be a link to that post in the show notes. Did you know that the ACLU turns 100 in 2020? We've gone from a small and feisty band of organizers and activists to the most potent public interest organization in the country. And we are going to celebrate. We're planning a huge blowout to celebrate our 100 years. That event will be in Philadelphia on February 29th, so mark your calendar. You can find more information at aclupa.org slash centennial. That brings episode 34 to a close. The editor of Speaking Freely is Amy Giacomucci. Our music is from bensound.com. The executive director of the ACLU of Pennsylvania is Reggie Shuford. I'm Andy Hoover, your host, director, and writer of this podcast. Until next time, be free. Be free.